Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. All right. Let me pray for us. Bow your head, open your heart, maybe even open your palms as a symbol, a metaphor of your openness to receive the Spirit of God, to invite the Spirit of God, and to invite the Word of God to do the work of God in you today. Lord God Almighty, you are the one who helps us become the men and women that you dream for us to become. You are the one who touches and transforms our lives. You are the one who helps the blind to see, the lame to walk. And right here, right now, my prayer is that you would do something significant, something supernatural, As we open up the scriptures, I pray that your word would get lodged in our hearts. It would somehow find a way, leap off the pages and off the screen and into our hearts and bear fruit, helping us to become new people, different people, more loving people. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in a lot of scripture this morning, uh, walking through several passages. I want to begin, though, with this question. Do you know anybody, do you know anybody who makes you better? Do you have anybody in your life that you know and they make you better? Another way to ask it is, who do you know who's helped you? through struggle, through crisis, through fear, through anxiety? Do you know somebody that has helped you in your life with struggles? Another way to say it is, do you know anybody who makes you feel loved? Do you actually know somebody that makes you feel loved, that walks alongside of you when you're struggling? When you're in the battle that we talked about and sung about this morning, do you know anybody? We're going to look this morning. We're continuing this series. It's called Unfinished. Believing is only the beginning. And really the genesis of this series is, I think in the church, we so many of us have had an experience where we raised our hand, we stood up, we came forward, and it was... a beginning and an ending. (laughs) All right, I got my hell insurance. I'm saved. And then we just are mean. We're annoying. We treat the people that are most important to us in unhealthy, toxic, dysfunctional ways. That's not God's dream for God's people. Believing is only the beginning. And I'm so excited that we're teaching uh, that course, having that EHR course, because they're In America, the church is filled with, quote, spiritually mature believers 
who are totally dysfunctional and toxic relationally. And how, how does that, that doesn't make sense. Somehow our faith in Christ, God's dream for our faith, is that it would transform us so that we would become a new person, a more generous, a more loving, a more kind, a more patient person. So this morning, we're going to look and continue in the series. So for the next several weeks, we're going to look at one chapter in the Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. If you have a Bible, you can open it. It's, it's towards the back of the Bible, right, right near the end, uh, before 1 John and Revelation. There's, a, there's 1 Peter and then there's 2 Peter. And for the next few weeks, we're going to dive into 2 Peter chapter 1. Today, we're going to look at just two verses today, verses 1 and verses 2. And the big idea is this word to know, to know, to know, to know. And it's about knowing God. Knowing God. Listen to these words. This comes out of the uh, ESV translation that so many of you Westmonters love to read and are encouraged to read. It's a more literal translation. Here, here it is. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord, or and of Jesus our Lord. I'm going to read it now from the New Living Translation. We might say it's a little more accessible for your average person. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith that we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And then for those of you who maybe were like me, I was a newer Christian in, uh, end of my, uh, in high school, and I, I opened my life to Christ as a high school student, and in college, I was like, man, I don't know, it's like learning Chinese, I, I, reading the Bible, I, I could, there's the Living Bible, they make it even a little more accessible. So here it is in the Living Bible, from Simon Peter, a servant and missionary of Jesus Christ, to all of you who have our kind of faith. The faith I speak of is the kind that Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, gives to us. How precious it is and how just and good he is to give this faith to each of us. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. Learn to know him better and better. So let's just kind of unpack this. Isn't it interesting the way that it's a letter that, that Peter wrote. He identifies himself. Simon Peter. Simon Peter. He wrote this letter late in life. We know that. So 
Perhaps he uses his old name, Simon. That's who he was, that's how he was named from birth, Simon. But then Jesus gave him a new name when he started following Jesus, and that name was Peter. So it's interesting in the beginning of this letter, he uses both names. Simon Peter, he identifies himself. And as I think about it, and as I read some of the scholarly commentaries, I love this quote. It was this, perhaps he didn't want to forget where he came from. And that sometimes he was more like the old Simon than the new Peter. I wonder if you can relate to that. Are you ever more like the old Simon than the new Peter? In this case, if you read his story, we know that Peter, that Simon, Simon was abrasive. Simon was impulsive. Simon actually, if you read Galatians chapter 2, was full of hypocrisy. One of the great leaders of the Bible. Abrasive, impulsive, full of hypocrisy. But then there's a second name, Peter. That's the special name that was given to him by Jesus. It represents you're a new person. You're a new man. You're a rock for others. You're now filled with and led by the Spirit of God. You are full of grace and mercy in the way you treat other people. You're patient. You're kind. That's the life of Jesus. You're a new person, Peter. And so then he identifies himself, if you continue to read, he says, a servant and an apostle. He's saying, this is who I am now. I'm a servant. I live to serve Jesus. I'm more about his interests than my own. What he cares about, I care about. And I'm put on this earth to serve his purposes, to carry out his marching orders. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe, you now are a servant of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. We, we that believe, we're servants. There's a shift in our priorities. There's, a, there's a, a kind of change that happens from the inside out that now I'm not about John Ireland's agenda. I'm about the kingdom of God, his rule, his love being spread throughout the world. And then he says apostle, which we know that that in the, in the living it says missionary, but it really literally means a sent one, sent out, a starter of, of, a, of a new ministry, a, a, a church planter, a one who isn't just I stay, but actually all of us, after we leave here, we're sent out to go into the workplace, not to go into full-time Christian ministry, but actually to go into your workplace and be an ambassador who spreads kindness and love and mercy, that goodness of God. And so then it goes on, and what, who's he writing to? Who is he writing this letter to? He's writing to people who believe, to people who have faith, to people who, who share the same precious faith. And did you notice as we read through the three translations, each of them have that nuance that faith is given to us. By God. It's not something that we we got to work hard to have faith. God actually opens our eyes. God opens our heart. I didn't I was not raised in a Christian home, in a faith-based home. And I had a I had a group of 
high school students, they, they developed a top 10 most wanted list of who we want to see come to know Christ. And John Ireland's name was on the top of that most wanted list when I was in high. I didn't know it at the time. I found out 10 years later. And they, they prayed for me. And they invited me to their youth group. And they invited me to their youth group. And I said, no, 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 church, that's not me. You know, I was smoking weed with my friends every day and partying. I'm like, church, that's not my thing. But on one Tuesday afternoon, this kid, Steve Allington, invited me. And I don't know why, but I do know why. God opened my heart. I said, yes. I went to this youth group. I heard the speaker. He was totally boring. I was like, yeah, that's why I don't want to go to church, man. This is like a snoozer. But then Steve Allington, Scott Walchek, and Ben Searway, these three guys who I was friends with through school, they, they just came along and they, and, and they drove me home and I had these questions about the speaker. And we, we had an interactive conversation about Jesus and the Bible and following him and opening my life to him. And I was like, I've never heard this before. And they said, your life matters to God. And they said, when you're ready, if you're ever ready, you can open your life to God and he'll come into your life by just simply praying to him, crying out to him. As much of, of, of belief that you have, you might only have this much belief, but if you just say, God, if you're real, come into my life and help me to know you, he will come in and you'll begin a relationship with him. So I went into my room that night, I went upstairs and I looked out the window and it was really weird. But I just kind of went, God, first time I'd ever prayed in my life, God, if you're real, these guys were telling me that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for me, and I could have a relationship with you. I don't, I, I, as much as I know how, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And it was that night, by myself, in my bedroom. I was 15, 16 years old. I started a relationship with God. I said, I want to know God. I want to know you, God. And that's what's happening here in this text is Peter was a person who went from not knowing him to knowing him. And now he's writing to who? To believers, people that are people of faith. But here's what's happening in the church. What was happening is God had, was opening people's eyes. He was extending grace. People were following Jesus. But then there were false teachers that crept into the church and started contaminating the truth of the gospel. They were distorting, they were twisting the good news and the truth that every person, Jew, Gentile, male, female, every person, matters to God, and every person has uh, accessibility to God through Christ. But there was this false teaching that was happening. So Peter's writing to the believers to say, you know what, I'm going to address the false teaching, and I want to give you the truth, the knowledge of who God really is and how you can know him personally. And so the big idea, the best antidote to false teaching, what we might call heresy, is a mature knowledge of the truth. Did you notice there in verse 2, the different translations, as you grow in your knowledge of God, and then in the, learn to know him better and better. And so I want you to know this, that word to know, knowledge, know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, 
and Aramaic, but mostly in Greek. But the word is used, or a form of the word to know and knowledge, 1,324 times. That's a lot. Referring to knowing. And in the, in the Greek New Testament, there's two words. There's gnosko and there's oida. Oida means I'm observing kind of knowledge. It's the facts. I look and I'm observing that you're wearing a white t-shirt up there and a plaid shirt and you have some, some facial. Like I know kind of about you. But the Greek word gnosko has to do with personal knowledge, closeness. I actually don't just know about you, I know you. We're connected, we're close. And there's a difference, isn't there? There's a lot of people you know about, but then there are other people that you know, and they know you. And so there's a book Dallas Willard wrote called Knowing Christ Today, borrowing from him Here's what he writes. This idea of knowing is not just head knowledge and facts, not just knowing God in an emotional experience, though it's important that we're able to feel his presence. But the bottom line big idea in Scripture is to know God in Christ is to be in, listen to this, an interactive relationship, an interactive relationship with God. God the God of the universe. He wants to be known. He wants to be known. He wants you to know him. And so he's made himself known. We can only know God if he makes himself known. And so just for the remaining time that we have, I'm going to share with you four ways that God's made himself known because he wants you to know him. Some of you in this place don't know him. Some of you kind of know him or you know about him but you don't know him personally. And others of you are like, I want to know him better. I know him, but I want more. And so this is for everybody in this room. I want to entice you. I want want you to taste and see how good God is and, and that he wants to be known. So here we go. How do I get to know God better? That's the question. How do I get to know God better? Here's what the Jewish wisdom literature says in Proverbs chapter 2. Cry out for insight. Means you got to want it. Ask for understanding. Means you got to seek it. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. There's a hunger. There's a thirst for more knowledge. I want to know a person. Like when you're dating and you're like, man, I like her. I want to know her more. That's what we're talking about here. I want to know God more. Something in you says, there's something more to my life. I've been chasing stuff and it's not delivering. It's not satisfying. God's put that desire in your heart to know him to meet your deepest needs. Here's, here's Proverbs goes on to say in verse 5, then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. That word fear means trust the Lord. And then what's what's that next phrase? And you will gain what? Knowledge of God. There it is, knowledge. You want to know God better? You want to know God? You have to want it. You have to seek it. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. 
So that's where we begin. You want to know God better? You got to want it. You got to want to. Even if it's just this, this much. Like me in my bedroom. God, I don't really know much about this stuff. I'm not a religious person. God was like, great. I don't want you to be religious. I want you to be in relationship with me. And so... Let, let me give you four ways that you, God makes himself known and how you can get to know him better. One, God makes himself known through, and we'd all agree with this, I think, creation. How many times have you heard somebody say, man, I feel close to God in nature? I wonder why. I wonder why. Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. This is such an awesome verse. It says, they know the truth about God. Oh, really? How do they know the truth about God? How do you know the truth about God? Because he has made it obvious to them. Wow, really? God has made the truth obvious to you and me. How do you do that? Look at verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can, and I would add you can, and I can, clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Now I want you to soak in the last line. So they have, say it out loud, no excuse for not what? Knowing God. You have no excuse for not knowing God. He wants to be known. He's taken the initiative. Creation shouts to us that God is real. And it's a gift for us to enjoy. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 4. I wasn't going to use it, but it's just so good. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies, they display his craftsmanship. Verse 2, day after day. They continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. He's talking about creation and nature. Yet, their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God wants to be known. I was really touched this morning singing that song. Um, when, when we're about fighting our battles, and it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And I, I was this week dealing with some disappointments in my life and kind of in a funk. And last night, it was like 5, 530. I, I just was like, my daughter and her husband, they walk, I go, where, are you guys, where, where were you guys earlier? And they, oh, we went to the beach. And I'm like, ah. So I just got in the car. Put my, put my board shorts on, got in the car, drove down to the beach, and I had some goggles. And I just at about 5.30 last night, I, was, I didn't go for a swim, but I, I was right where the waves are. Where they, and they weren't crashing on me, but I was at that point where, where you go up into them. And I, and I just was, was just like this. And that fresh ocean salt water just washing over me. And I was praying to God about the disappointments in my life. And I felt like I was surrounded by a lot of battle. Like, that's why the song just touched me. I'm like, dude, I, am, I wasn't singing that song last night, but I, I am this morning. God, I just feel so surrounded by disappointments in my life. 
And, and God used creation. He spoke to me last night. Just, it's just the ocean. I'm washing over you. I'm bigger than you think. I tell you guys that every Sunday. I needed to be reminded of that last night. I'm better than you think. My love for you is massive. There's a beginning, but there is no end. You look out at the ocean, it's like, man, it just keeps going. The Lord's like, my love for you is like this ocean. The depths, you can't even measure it. It's immeasurable. You can't even understand it or get your head around it. My love for you is so incredible. The Bible says it's actually unfailing over and over and over again. It's unfailing. His love for you is unfailing. Creation was shouting to me last night in the ocean, washing over me. I just, I, I got out of the ocean and it's like the Lord, just, I just felt so much closer to him because I was in creation. Anybody have that experience in nature, in creation where you're like, yeah, your assignment this week, you want to get to know God better? Your assignment is to get up early and go watch a sunrise. Go over to Henry's Beach and go snorkeling in the kelp forest. Do whatever it takes. Stay up late under the stars. Let, let, let the heavens declare the glory of God to you and remind you that whatever battle you're facing, he's better, he's bigger, he's closer than you think. Here's the second way God makes himself known. It's through Jesus Wait, what? Yeah, the Bible says it's through Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, one, verses 1, 2, and 3. Long ago, in many ways and at many times, God's prophets spoke his message to our ancestors. But now, but now, but now, but now, something's shifting, something's changing, but now at last, God sent his son to bring his message to us. God created the universe by his son, back to creation, pointing back there. And everything will someday belong to the son. Now look at verse 3. God's son, that's Jesus, has all the brightness of God's own glory and is, say it out loud, like him in... Wait, what? Jesus is like him in every way. You want to know what God's like? Here's what the Bible, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. John chapter 1, New Testament, Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 18. Underline this verse in your Bible. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself, say it, God. Who is himself God? What? Yeah, who is himself God? Now listen to this and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Jesus has made him known. You want to know what God's like? You want to know God? Know Jesus. Our uh, ministry associate, Julie, let's say, I don't even know if Julie's here this morning. I'm so touched by her story, her testimony few years back, she was like one of the big shot teacher trainers of yoga in this community. She went to Bali to lead a teacher's training. And, 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 and it's like her dream, like I've arrived. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm not just a teacher. I train the teachers. And I'm in yoga and I'm going to train these teachers and it's going to be amazing. And everything just kind of started falling apart around her. And she was facing a battle in her life. And 
Through tears, she cried out to God. And this is what she heard. She heard, pursue Jesus. Just this impression in her mind and her spirit was just, pursue Jesus, seek Jesus, go after it. And she says, and that's what I did. And I came to know God through Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, God wants to be known, and he, said, and he wants to be known so much that he sent Christ to the world to be known, to send, to, to send us his love. So here's your assignment this week. Some of you are like, well, I kind of know about God. Your assignment, if you don't know Jesus, read the Gospels. Read, just pick one. Pick the Gospel of John. A lot of people say that's the most accessible. Read the Gospel of John every day for the next 30 days. Just do it. And say, I want to I know you more, Jesus. God, you've made yourself known through Jesus. Show me. I'm going to open the Bible, and I'm going to read about the life of Jesus. And I want you to open my eyes. Show me that you're real. That's your assignment. Here's the third way God makes himself known. It's through Scripture. It's through the Bible. It's through the Word of God. After Jesus died, his disciples were discouraged. They were bummed. They're like, ah, our dreams are shattered. They're walk Two guys are walking on the road. Jesus shows up. He appears to them after he rose from the dead. And I just, this is one of my favorite verses. Verse 27 of Luke 24. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, that's Jesus, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. That must have been one amazing Bible study. Can you imagine? They didn't have the New Testament. Jesus took the Old Testament and he started flipping through it, the scrolls, and he was going, this is about me. The Old Testament, this is about me. It's pointing to me. It's pointing to me. Here, here in the Psalms and the prophets and the law, it's pointing to me. And that's what scripture does. It points to Jesus. Chris Webb, don't know if you know that name. He's uh, one of the leaders of the Renovare movement. He wrote a book called The Fire of the Word. And he coaches us on how to know God through reading the Bible. I have a quote for us from him. He says this, we can transform our Christian life by reading as lovers rather than as theorists. When we open the Bible, it does not say to us, listen, God is there. Instead, the voice of the Spirit whispers through each line, look, I am here. Look, I am here. And then he goes on to say, here's how we should read the Bible. Read it prayerfully. Be attentive to God. When you read the Bible, say, God, I'm opening the, help me to see you. Help me to experience you. I want to know you. And be attentive to that voice. And then he says, read it expectantly. When you open the Bible, not like, okay, I got to do, up, oh, check. Did my quiet time. Now I'm just going to go be a jerk and a mean person. No, read it expectantly going, God's going to show up. Fully anticipate God's presence, that God's going to speak to you when you read his word. And then third, read it humbly. Be ready to do something about it. Be ready to obey it, to apply it, to respond to it. Based on what I just read, what am I going to do? So here's your assignment this week. Read the Bible. Actually, if you're a follower of Jesus, read the Bible and read it prayerfully, expectantly, and humbly. If you are a parent this morning of a fifth grader or a sixth grader, and that's a lot of you, actually. We have a lot of fifth and sixth graders. 
we're launching a new initiative this year. It's called Gut Check. And I'm guessing that you got an email in the last week from Dr. Lila DiGiulio. And Dr. Lila DiGiulio, who most of you or many of you know, she's been commissioned by us to make a shift in her job to create an initiative that's discipleship in the home. Rather than, well, I take my kids to youth group, I drop them off, and hey, would you guys help them become good Christians? How about a different way? How about as a dad, I'm going to have a spiritual impact and influence on my kid. And so what we're doing is we're creating a cohort. I think there's 58 of you, 58 of you that we're praying for. I want you to know that, that you'll say yes to be part of a cohort this year to say, I want to be part of a learning cohort, and I am going to disciple my own kid this year if they're in fifth or sixth grade. And we're going to help equip you. Lila's going to help equip you. But you're going to meet once a month and, and learn and share and collaborate and go, yeah, man, this is harder than I thought. Yeah, me too. And, and oh, man, I tried this. Oh, wow, I'm going to try that. But if my daughter, Shannon, was in fifth grade right now, I would be like jumping in the deep end going, yes, please, I want to be the dad that spiritually influences my daughter. We're not going to make you memorize the book of Leviticus. Don't get freaked out. This is about life on life, but having authentic, real spiritual conversations. It is about learning how to read the Bible and teaching your kid how to read the Bible. Like, let's open a passage of Scripture together, and let's read it prayerfully, expectantly, and humbly. And let's do that together. If that's you, I, I'm, I want you to know, I, I was sent the list of names of parents in this church. I, told, I want to know. I'm praying every day for those names, that they'll say, yes, I'm going to devote one year to disciple my kid when they're in fifth or sixth grade. So let me stop. And I'll just tell you the reason. It's called gut check. You might be going, why did you call it gut check? As a staff, we were dreaming, and, and I don't know if it was Jono or Cass. Some One of you just said, it was like, man, it's a gut check. G-U-T, growing up together. Growing up together. And, and then my nuance on it is, you know what the gut check is as a parent? Is, is this real for me? Like, I can't pass something on to my kids if I'm not living it, if I'm not really following Jesus myself. You get a year to do an actual gut check in your own life to go, hey, am I in or not? Am I authentically following? Do I want it? Do I desire it? Do I want to follow him? It's a year of gut check for you. And then it's a year for you to say, hey, we're, I'm going to do this with my fifth or sixth grader. I'm going to invite the band up. I'm going to close us off. I have one more point. As they're coming, it kind of ties it all together. God makes himself known through the Spirit. Listen to these words, Ephesians 1. This is so good. I wish you all had a, a paper Bible right now and you could underline this. But here, Paul prays for the believers in Ephesus. Here's what he says. I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. What's he praying about? He's praying for these believers. And what's he praying? If you ever wonder, what should I pray for my kids? What should I pray for my wife, my husband? Here it is. Verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation. Why would he pray that? Why would you pray that for yourself, for your loved ones? Why would you pray that? Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know, personally know, close connection, interactive relationship, that you may know him better. Know him better. And then 2 Corinthians 2. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Verse 12. And we, when you believe, when you open your life, when you say, I want to know God better, and you open your life to him, when, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know, so we can know, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his wisdom, his strength, his guidance. He's better than you think. He's bigger than you think. And so right now we're going to respond. I'm going to ask you a a personal question. Do you want to know God? I mean, really, I want to know him. I want to know God. I want to know God personally. I want to have an interactive relationship with God. I really do. Not I'm faking it, not I'm pretending, not I'm a poser. Gosh, I'm in church, I guess I... No, I want to know him. I want him to touch my life, transform my heart. I want to be a new person. I'm the guy who's been going to Sunday school my whole life in church, but I've never opened my life to Christ. I've never actually crossed the line and said, I want to know him. Is that you? Is that you? If that's you, I want you to stand up right where you are. Just stand up. Right where you are, that's right. There's others of you. You want to know God? I want to know God. Who doesn't want to know God? I want to know God, yeah. I want to know God. I want to know God. Who wants to know God? I want to know God. How many of you want to know God better? I want to know God better. If you want to know God better, stand up. I want to know God better. You don't have to stand up, but if you want to, I want to know God better. Now listen to me. We're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have a special song. It is a special song. And we're gonna have our prayer leaders here. I don't I don't know, you know, that, that that song we sang about the battles, some of you may need to come for prayer for that. Some of you are like, man, I do want to know God better, but I don't even know how to do that. Come down and let us pray for you. Let us let, let us walk alongside of you. But let's respond as we stand, as we let God minister to us through this song. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless in every. I've held everything together and watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. 
Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.